Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Top Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's Got Your Ears On. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. I'm Guido along with Scoot. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say. And Johnson. <laughs> Sooners? Psych. Cyclones, Guido. Cyclones. So, uh, yeah, we'll start with football or the lack thereof. Uh, we started uh, playing an awesome primetime game against Oklahoma Sooners right. on Saturday. And then Oklahoma got COVID. Yes. They got- Unfortunately. So we uh, that game was canceled uh, or postponed. I'm sorry until December twelfth. Right. Um, so WVU football went from having uh, thirteen days off to now having twenty days off between games, which I hope is a good thing. I hope it's there's a, they're fixing a lot of stuff between now and when we play Iowa on Saturday or Iowa State on Saturday because Iowa State is a good team, boys. This year. Yeah, and playing really well. I mean, coming off a total spanking of uh, Kansas State, and then they turn around and beat Texas in Austin. Now, I know home field doesn't mean a whole lot right now, but still, I, I thought that was impressive. Well, and, and Brock Purdy's looking impressive as their quarterback. Um, and, you know, Hall, he ran for 135 yeah. yards on 15 really? carries. Yep. So they're, they're not – they're a pretty well-rounded team, uh, which frightens me. They're now ranked twelfth uh, in the AP poll, ahead of uh, uh, Oklahoma now. So, it's the highest-ranked team in the Big Twelve right now. So, it's there's a lot that's going into this game. I will tell you though, traveling to Iowa, twenty days of break, it all makes me a little nervous. Iowa in general makes me nervous just because it's Iowa. <laughs> just because it's Iowa. Um, I just think that, you know, and plus it's Iowa in December, which, I mean, I, I don't know what people know. I don't, I didn't know this, but Iowa, I guess, is pretty cold and brutal in December, too. So. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, and I think, like we always say, winning on the road in this conference is difficult to begin with. I think it's just, it's hard to go on the road unless, unless that road leads to, like, Lawrence, Kansas. I think it's really hard to win on the road. So, to me, this is, this is going to be another tall task. Now, I would I would hope Guido that 20 plus some odd days gives us a chance to tweak a few things, maybe add some stuff into the offensive playbook, you know, tighten up a few things. So Scoot, well, I would hope that long break would be to our benefit. I think the guys will be up because this is our natural rival. Of course, when we get when I start thinking of what teams do WVU and WVU fans love to beat, the first team that comes to my mind is Iowa State oh yeah I mean who else do you think of other than Iowa State it's a close opponent where you know we're yeah I mean practically you know 750 miles away pretty close back door practically side you know side yard brawl I mean (laughs) yeah I mean it it's like the front door brawl right the front door brawl uh I mean do, do you think you know and I know for Scooty it's 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 Oklahoma or nobody else like we have to beat Oklahoma Correct. In order to have that, that sort is of correct. that that win that means something to you, what if we went into Ames and we stole this game from Ohio, uh, Iowa State, and 
and one scoot. Does it change your feeling on this West Virginia Listen, team? Listen, the last time that somebody went into an Ames and stole something was 1993, and then they went out of business. <laughs> yes. Okay? Yes. Ain't nobody going into Ames and stealing nothing and getting excited about it. All right? Guido, I think, too. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that's... that's... I tried to go by it without laughing, but I have to give you a laugh. That's pretty good. So I think we know that for me in this particular season, I mean, normally I'd be like, yeah, yawn, like who cares? But I think in this particular season, I think there's a lot of hype around Iowa state. I think there's a lot of hype around Matt Campbell, not being there after this season because he has brought them some success. They've beaten Oklahoma. I mean, like we said last week, they, I feel like most people assume they're on the crash course to be in you know, Oklahoma and Iowa State, kind of a rematch for the conference championship. So to me, I think going on the road and beating a really solid Iowa State team, that's that's a great win for us this, this season. I mean, it could be it could be that signature win that, you know, Neil Brown's looking for. Uh, right now, the over-under is 50 and a half with Iowa State picked by seven right now in, uh, in Vegas odds. Guys, what do you think the score is going to be this weekend for the Mountaineer? cyclone game johnson i'll let you go first well i kind of think it's going to look a lot like this past uh game for iowa state i think you know our defense uh is is what it is you know we're super proud of that defense i think iowa state's defense is also playing pretty solid if you look at this texas game they won 23 to 20 i think uh guido i think your man dicker the kicker missed a kick at the end of that game to tie it up maybe yeah um so i think i kind of expect our game with the cyclones to look to look like that i think it's going to be low to mid 20s um and, and i think i think it could be like a 20 to 17 i think is what i'm going to go with because i think our defense shows up i think once again though we are going to have some trouble uh getting a push on iowa state you know getting letty going the, the same things that i was concerned about going into that uh oklahoma game before it got before it got postponed, I'm kind of nervous going into this game because I think Iowa State's legit. I think they got a solid team, a solid defense. Well, I'll say this: I think out of uh, outside of us, Iowa State is probably the next best defense in the Big Twelve, and we haven't really played a strong defense in the Big Twelve yet, and it makes me very nervous because we're not a strong offense. I'm picking Iowa State to win twenty-seven to seven. Okay, wow. That's, that's that's rough. So I was thinking Iowa State 20 to 17, but you've got a much bigger deficit for me. I got a much bigger deficit. I have a feeling Scoots is going to be even bigger. Well, uh I think that Iowa State will score. I don't know that we will score very much. Uh I I'm going to say Iowa State 30. I'm going to say WVU 20. Okay. All right. All right. Given you're giving Jared Dagey a little bit more of a I'm, I'm going to say the defense is going to score a couple touchdowns. <laughs> the, I'm not giving anything to Jared Dagey. The Stills brothers score three touchdowns apiece. I refuse to give anything to Jared Dagey. It's going to be Tyke Smith for one, oh and uh, maybe uh, Darius and Dante will scoop yeah. up a couple others. There we go. There we go. Well, we'll see what happens that Iowa State game this Saturday. Definitely check it out. It's going to be televised. Uh, we don't know where yet. As of recording, they still haven't released a time or a place where it'll be televised. So I'm sure as soon as we're finished recording, they will yeah. roll all that info out. West Virginia travels into Ames. But guys, I think the most important thing to talk about this week is we finally got to watch some basketball. Yes. And it was awesome. It was great. Yes. It was, uh, you know what? I have to tell you that I have been looking forward to basketball season so much. 
And after making a lot of fun and poking a lot of, uh, you know, jokes at Sanford, at Sioux City, at Sioux City, South Dakota, at the Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic, I want to say on the record, pretty impressed how well this event went off. No positives for any of the teams as they went through. No issues. Everybody played. They all uh, did good. They made a last-minute decision. Uh, the Sanford Pentagon, along with the people that were putting the the crossover classic together, to not allow fans into the st- into the stands. So we didn't have any fans, but it went off great, and there were no issues. So kudos to them for that, first of all. Yeah, and I think skewed outside of Dan Dockich, I mean, pretty enjoyable three games of basketball. Sure. Right? Yeah, no, I, Dan Dockich was definitely a detractor of the fun times. But um, the, my only other gripe with the whole thing was the court paint scenario. Yeah, kind of weird. You didn't like that. You didn't like the way the the court was painted. I did not like the way the court was painted. I thought it was kind of cool. I nah, thought it was all right. Uh, what yeah. didn't you like? You are you a classic? You want like a classic look? Well, to it? I didn't like this faded crayon blue that looked like a. And then I don't even know what you didn't like the lane. They did painted you? down the yeah. The middle of the lane was a weird blue. I don't know. Uh, I just didn't like it. And then it's a, a dark parquet, which is kind of an unusual parquet. I just look. assumed, Scoot, it had two things that you love, basketball and mowers. I do love to mow, and I do love basketball. I got to tell you, all those bad boy mower uh, commercials made me want to buy one of those those mowers. They look pretty awesome. And you don't even mow. And I don't even cut my grass. Great. <laughs> I pay right. somebody else to do it. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Um, but talking about what we really should be talking about, which is basketball here, what? So first take, you know, we saw three games. You know, what did you guys take away in these three games uh, after watching them? Well, for me, I think not to be critical of the coaching, but I'll be a little critical of the coaching. I think we've got to get away from this this wholesale substitution. Like we don't have to play twelve guys. I know we've got you know thirteen on scholar. We don't have to play them all. We we don't. And unless we're doing some sort of press Virginia where we're pressing nonstop, I don't think we need to do that. You look at look at most Division One, actually look at most college basketball teams. They're probably playing eight guys the majority of the time. You might get a ninth and tenth guy in for five minutes or less. And I think when you when you have that kind of formula, it leads to continuity on the court. It leads to Guys playing through their mistakes, because I think you've got to learn by playing through those mistakes. And I think where we saw, for me, where I saw the issues in game one was when, you know, I don't know if it was like after the first TV timeout, all of a sudden we had five new guys on the court and it was a random assortment of guys. It was Isaiah Cottrell or Cottrell, as some people like to call him. Uh, It was Taz. Well, they probably took Oshwebe. Off of the court by that right. Oshwebe was Oshwebe. off. That was my Oshwebe. Uh, but we had Jordan McCabe in there. We had Taz in there. We had Cottrell. We had Jalen Bridges and Gabe. Like that's a rough looking five if you're looking for offense. Well, and and I kind of a hundred. I'm a hundred percent with you, Scoot. Which is they had eight players over the weekend. If you look at the week, the whole the or the I guess it wasn't over the weekend. Over the three games. They had eight players that averaged 10 minutes or more, um, which is great that he feels that the bench is that deep. But it also, I agree with you that, you know, of those eight, uh, Jordan McCabe was 10 minutes of that. Oscar 
only had actually is was down in the lower end. He only averaged twenty minutes a game, and that's yeah. he got in foul trouble early, early and often. And yeah, every early game. and often. Yeah, and yeah. I think Guido for me, I had some good points and some critical points for me. I guess good. I it's it's good when you watch a stretch of of these games and you're like, man, I'm not so sure Culver and and Oscar are doing that great. And then you look at the stat sheet and they're averaging double doubles. You know, I think that's a nice a nice thing to have. I think it was fun when uh, Taz and McNeil would get hot. You know, that gave me these glimpses of like, oh man, look look what we could have there. It looked amazing. And then I thought, um, just overall, I thought Gabe. You know, as much as he's gotten this moniker now of can't score the ball, I think he looked pretty great, especially in the Western Kentucky game when we had some stretches of awkward offense. Third game, he he, looked good. Yeah, he got some good. The first two games, he looked like the game that we kind of knew. But I thought it was really positive in that Western Kentucky game. He got some big buckets driving. I mean, he looked good. But and again, and Huggins says this said this too at the end of at the end of the whole thing, which is. You know, no, there's you don't see on the stat line deflections. You don't see these yeah. things that Gabe does the for the team. Stuff, yeah. That yeah, the effort stuff that that. Well, he, he said it's, is, he's the best defender on the team. He, he, he is. He's a, gr- he's a great defender. And 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 what's unfortunate about it is, is that I think that people think that oh, you got to st- show up points. You know, and I think that's what made him look so good in that last game is that he put up what eight points. Yeah. You know. Um, but I, I, I agree with you on that. And Guido, some critical stuff for me too, though, really quick. I think for me, it was worrisome. I mean, look, we came out of here three and O, so I'm not going to pick at it too much. Right. But, and I think, I think these are three wins that right now we're like, okay, that, that was great. But I think when we get to hopefully tournament time, we're going to be proud of these three wins. I think these are teams that are going to go on and win some games, but I think critically for me, and we talked about it, I was hoping we could talk about it some more. And I, I'm anxious to talk about it with Brent when we get him back on the show too. It, to me, it looked like anytime uh, someone turned up the pressure, either extending a, like a trapping zone in the half court, or if they gave us a, a full court press, it was a little bit worrisome to see how much we sort of just panicked. It felt like panic might not be the right word, but we just really felt uncomfortable. We couldn't get the ball up the court, things like that. I agree with you. And I felt like that a lot of that some somehow fell on when deuce was the one. And I think he was having a hard time with it and it was hard for him. I don't know if he was having a hard time figuring out the press or getting out of it or what it was, but when he was the one, and then you saw them bring in, you know, Jordan and I mean, say what you want about, about Jordan. I mean, he's, it, he's a good ball handler and that's what he's there i mean that's what he, i think that's what got him the scholarship you know what i mean and so you see they, they bring him in but i think jordan's deficiencies when once he gets past midcourt start to rear their ugly head so you know that's something that huggins i feel like has to work out as if whoever the one is has to be able to work out of a press because if they see that you know mcbride has a hard time dealing with every team's going to press us it's yeah that was that was my thought too and scoot scoot i have to think you see that now moving forward like, yeah i i was worried the most i felt and again i'm not a division one coach i was very very lucky to have some good middle school boys teams i one year <laughs> i was very dominant as a coach in seventh grade basketball but anyway uh one of the issues i had was when we were being pressed we clearly hadn't really worked too much on press breaking and we had Gabe flashing to the middle at midcourt as kind of the release yeah that's a concern because he's not a great offensive ball handler like I I agree not not to hammer on Gabe but I I wouldn't want necessarily want the entry pass 
to a guy that we consider him. a big yeah, who's known right. for his defense. What are we right. doing? Like it's un- and it's unfair to him because now you're putting him in a position that he's probably not comfortable with at he's all. He's not so. going to be successful with nine times out of ten. Right. So I think in that situation we're getting pressed. You got to go small. You got to go one big, four guards, or you know, uh, three guards and a wing, and then a and one big or something, and then try to get through it. I'd, I mean, we've got to get some ball handlers out there, and if Deuce isn't comfortable being the one, which at times I think he showed the last three games where he's actually probably more suitable to being a two guard than the point guard, but I think you're going to see him as the point guard for the vast majority of our season. But I think just getting some guards in there to kind of break that pressure. Cause once you get that broken, then it becomes a, a problem for the other team. Because if you start yeah. breaking that press, they're gonna have to get out of it because yeah. you're going to get easy layups. Well, I think the other thing that, you know, that worries me about that is, is I don't think there's space for, I mean, I, I mean, there's space for him, but I would rather not see him take that two spot because Taz and McNeil both had pretty good games, and especially, you know, I understand, I think Huggins is really hot on Sean McNeil and wants to play him. I mean, he averaged the most minutes of any player on the team throughout the three days, but, uh, I mean, Taz was 7 for 11, 63% beyond the arc, which is huge. You know, McNeil McNeil hit what you expected him to hit. He was, you know, 7 for 23, 30%. That's about where he's probably going to be when the season susses out. But Taz was just hot, had the hot hand when he got it up. 7 for 11 was phenomenal. And so I kind of like, he kept playing McNeil more and more at that too. And I was like, God, I want Taz in there. I want to see what Taz can do. Well, especially when he had the hot hand. And then I think the other thing for me, Scoot, is not that it's, it's probably just me because I pay attention to him. I I like Emmett Matthews and I want to see him be a a star on this team and a leader that I think he can be. But I, I left this tournament just wanting more from him, wanting more out of, you know, what we know he can do. He looked a little flat and I thought against Western Kentucky, he kind of just sort of disappeared as the game went on. So, you know, I, I mean, look, it's early. Um, I think they're going to get these things figured out. I think it's, if nothing else, it's good. You know, hugs would, was the first to mention, you know, after the South Dakota state game, Hey, look, we haven't had the opportunity to play a whole lot of scrimmages. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're going game by game. So I, again, we came out of here three and i I'm not going to knock them around, but I think just from a, like, we're going to be watching them and being critical, you know, and like looking for things that we want to talk about on here. And I think, that was one thing for me. I'd like to see Emmett just just more out of him because you know he can when he turns it on, man, and when he's hitting, you know he we we always are like, wow, he you can see the ability. I thought we just needed more out of him. Well, and to and to go back to what you just said about you know, getting these games in, that's going to be huge because if if this had hit a snag and we didn't get to play these three games, and our first game was going to be against Gonzaga. Yeah. That would be bad. Yeah, you're like walking into a buzzsaw. Because you saw how Kansas's first game went against them. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's, you know, I, I get it. I don't think Kansas is what they were. Still. But, yeah. you know, they still came in highly ranked. You know, they're somewhat revered. They've got some ridiculous uh, streak of of conference championships. They have an excellent shoe deal with Adidas. They uh, have Snoop Dogg on speed dial for for pregame ceremonies. They got squashed by Gonzaga, big time. Yeah, and I guess, Guido, I, I need to dig into it a little bit more, but do we think, you know, I was super excited to see the announcement for this Gonzaga game. Do we think... Do we think we're going to actually be able to play this game? Because it sounded like the news out of Gonzaga's camp was that 
they were already getting a little bit of flack for maybe having some COVID positives or COVID exposure, but they went ahead and played that game. Right. Um, and then people were even alluding to it looked like Mark Few wasn't doing so hot on the sideline. You know, uh, conspiracy theories then start to run, I feel like. But it just felt like maybe there was there was more COVID news around them. So that's probably something else we need to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, that's one of the things that it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, we, we record this show early in the week. That game is Wednesday, uh, the 2nd, December 2nd at 7 p.m., um, and it's in Indianapolis, so you've got Gonzaga that has to travel clear from Washington, you know, over. Um, you've got us coming from Morgantown. You've got a lot of time uh, for more things to break out. You know, last Gonzaga caught a lot of flack for, you know, only holding those two players out of that Auburn game and not, you know, stepping right. out of it because of the positives that they had on the team and guys who were on the bench or on the, you know, with the team, you know, in the Kansas game. You know, I don't know. I mean – I it'll be I think this whole season is going to be like this and and because we record this show a few days before we release it I think it's going to be a lot of us saying well we may have a game coming up and we may not have a game and make it canceled. well and I just I guess I bring it up because I really hope it's played I'm excited I you know you love the chance to play a team like this so I hope it happens but I guess we'll have to just see see if that goes forward and we've got two games this week, two awesome games this week too, because you got the Gonzaga game on Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be on ESPN uh, for the Jimmy V Classic, which I, I mean, I think because of what that game is, and because of ESPN and the Jimmy V Classic and all of that, they're going to try as hard as they can to play that game. And I think as long as West Virginia's healthy, I think West Virginia goes and plays. The question is, are they playing Gonzaga? Or are they playing somebody else? Yeah. Um, I think that's what will come up. And then on top of that, on Sunday, the sixth Sunday, next Sunday, this coming Sunday on. Fox Sports 1, we play Georgetown in D.C., which is a game we're all super excited for just because getting to see Georgetown and, you know, those old Big East rivalries. So I I think that that's going to be interesting. This just in, my sources are telling me that uh, somebody from St. Joseph's basketball team has turned up with a positive COVID case. They played Gonzaga earlier in the week. Ooh. Yeah. So... And this is what this this is what this season's going to be. And I mean, you know, you look at you 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 even look at what happened at the crossover classic where what was it two days before VCU was added? And and I'm sure similar to our situation of coming into Jimmy V and taking over for Tennessee in that game, I'm sure who somebody at ESPN or whoever's running the Jimmy V Classic already has two or three other teams on speed dial waiting for them, you know, waiting to come in and play. So do you think WVU stays in it and they bring another team in? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think as long as, as long as, uh, you know, WVU stays healthy, I I don't see why WVU wouldn't. You know, I would like that. ESPN's going to have a game at that time, no matter what. It's just a matter of can the Gonzaga make that trip or, or not. And it, and it could be, you know, I mean, even we so saw. So I'm wondering, do you. Do you find a team like uh, a Butler or, you know, somebody close by that wouldn't need to really do too much to get there if it's a last minute? Notre Dame. Are you putting Indiana, Notre Dame? Are you putting some of those schools? Notre Dame was looking for a game. Mike Bray went to Twitter asking (laughs) asking teams if they had any openings. Like, who does that? Yeah, which is so weird. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think this whole – I mean, I think the whole season is going to be like this. I think the difference is is when we get into Big 12 play, it'll be more of games moving around, dates and times and all of that. Now, something interesting, one last thing. Uh, In our Western Kentucky game, there was a West Virginia connection. Yes. There was uh, from from our – 
faithful listener, a good friend of the show, Jeremy Kreitz's hometown, we had Luke Frampton. Yes. Who was a transfer from Davidson. Yeah, and he played quite a bit. Polka dots. Yeah, the polka dots. And yeah. so he I, did play. He did play quite a bit. He got a lot of TV time too. So Polka kind of is a secret, uh, kind of a secret little, hotbed. Yeah, hotbed. Yeah, basketball. I, hotbed I wonder there. if Kreitz has got some game. Maybe he does. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess he probably has to, right? They got Frampton brothers. Elijah Cuffey is at uh, Liberty, playing Division One basketball. Isaac McNeely is that hot recruit. Yeah, uh, so recruit. Uh, maybe uh, maybe some there's something going on there that we're unaware of. And uh, maybe our buddy Kreitz can let us in on Twitter. Let us know the secret. All right, guys. So going back real quick to the to the crossover classic and talking about the WVU team and their play. What was your guys' take on the two youngins, J- Jalen Bridges and uh, Isaiah Cottrell? Cottrell depends on how you hear it. I'm calling him Cottrell. Scoot. I call him Cottrell. That's too. what I. Yes. What was your guys' take on the the play from those two guys? Did you just see anything? Was there anything interesting out of it? Well, I think I think Scoot. In in fairness to them, I mean, when Cottrell comes in the game, I love him immediately because he almost looks like one of the biggest dudes on the court. You you get the feeling like if he just gets it figured out, he's going to be a force. Um, and I think. For for Jalen Bridges too, I felt the same way. He just he just looked a little like out of his element a little bit. And I think, in fairness to them, it, that's just they got to get to know their role and their surroundings and stuff. But I'm I'm still excited about both of them. Yeah, Cottrell to me, because he came to us from Huntington Prep, which is basically like a high school all star team. I mean, uh, one of their guys was the number one recruit for Duke last year. They had a guy that came off the bench, a seven-foot-tall guy that went to Baylor. Off the bench. Didn't even start. Off the bench. Went to Baylor. Um, For Isaiah, the big issue is going to be, one, he's playing amazing players every time he's out there. And, two, he's going to have to fill this kind of big man role for us. And I don't know that he's 100% comfortable necessarily posting up and playing high-low post game. I think he'd rather – I think if we were to see him, I think he'd probably rather be out in the wing where he can kind of drive to the basket. But once he figures that out and realizes kind of what his role – like you said, what his role is on this team, because I think he's going to start seeing more minutes once he figures that out. I think he's going to be or could be somewhat of an offensive spark for us out of out of the post or out of uh, kind of like a mid-range game. But don't you guys think like just physically when he steps onto the floor, I mean, I get excited about him because he just looks, I mean, he looks imposing. He looks like he could be a force. And I'm excited to give him another year of weightlifting with with Huggins' guys. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I think you're going to start to see him really become a, a, I mean, he's already got a big frame. He'll really fill that out. Now, as far as Jalen Bridges goes, Jalen has a real great opportunity in front of him if he, if he, like Hug said, slows down and and kind of lets the game come to him. Yeah, of I think that was the him. comment, right? Just slow right. down and let it let it happen. Because in my mind, he is he is Emmett Matthews' handcuff, right? So if if Emmett is struggling, Jalen Bridges is probably the guy you want to bring in, but you can't bring him in if he's going to just chuck shots and look kind of skittish. And that's kind of how he looked to me 
both first three games. Yeah, I would I would agree. And I, I was just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think they're going to have to grow into those roles and those positions. And I think it's going to be one of those things too, Skew, probably more with Cottrell, I think, than even I, – I can see Bridges playing a little bit more, to be honest with you. I think with Cottrell, it's going to be like – Hey, you're subbing in for one of our main dudes. And he's not used to that. Yeah. And that's a bit of pressure. Like, you know, it's a couple minutes of, okay, I got to perform here. And he's probably never come off the bench ever in his life. Right. Like, you think, like right. he's 6'10, <laughs> ginormous. Like, he's, and he, you know, Huntington prep, where it's like I said, all stars upon all the sixth man went to Baylor. Like, yeah, and this guy's coming off the bench now, so there's a little bit of like, okay, I gotta, right. gotta, you know, eat a syrup sandwich, <laughs> yeah, like right. Kendrick Lamar says. So he's got to eat that syrup sandwich and come back. I think we saw, and I think you nailed. I think it's right on the head, Scoot. Like you, we saw, like you saw in their gameplay this weekend between the two of them that you know Isaiah just looked more in his element, it looked like he was ready for that level of play where I think Jalen didn't, and you know you can see where. You know, JB just hasn't had time to play with this level of competition. And I think that's what really made it you know, look kind of rough on him because he was trying to do things that I think were super successful as a Fairmont senior polar bear, but didn't necessarily work even against a mid-major team. Right. And there's and there's two sides of it, right? You can you can do that, which is what he did, or you could kind of play the other way, which I think Chase Harler did his freshman year, where it was like Let's just not screw this up. I don't don't pass me the ball right now because I might make a mistake, right. and I don't want to do that. Just let me be a body on the court. I just let me. I'll be out here. I'll run around. For and- me, I'd rather deal with the guy that's pushing too hard because you can eventually rein him in. For the guy then to try to get somebody to be more assertive, that's tougher to do as a coach. So so so, so someone skewed. I have to I have to bring this up, Guido. So. Scoot, someone I feel like they may fit into that latter category is maybe Kedrian Johnson. Uh, yes. Kedrian uh, is 0 for 2 to start his Mountaineer career, and he had what I would call the brick heard round the Pentagon with that first shot. I mean, that was – if I was a – if I was announcing a football game, that sucker was wide left. <laughs> well, I like <laughs> – I, in fairness to him, I mean, I like the confidence. Like, I hope he keeps. I hope he keeps coming out that way. He's a lockdown defender. Like he he led. Yeah. Like I hope he doesn't let that stuff. Like oh crap. You like I hope he keeps coming out and 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 giving that. You know. And again, he's another guy. Some that's that's the toughest part for some of these guys. So Kedrian Johnson, a JUCO transfer, who led the country, I think, in steals in JUCO. Uh, his last time playing his last year, sophomore year. Now, you know, obviously he was a starter. Now, by the way, you're going to come in with about two minutes left in the game. You know, this is the situation. So his first thought is I've got to make an impression. I've got to hit this shot. So maybe I can get another couple minutes. That's right. Unfortunately for him, that's not how he's going to earn playing time. It's going to be earned in practice. And once he realizes that, then he'll start to see some more time. And I think Hugs even made a comment saying that if you're not playing, it's because others are playing better than you right now. So he needs to realize, I'm going to earn that time in practice, not in this game, shooting a ridiculous three-pointer 
uh, five feet left of the backboard. Cause I don't think yeah. he did anything. I mean, it was just, you know, I, like I said, I hope that stuff doesn't keep him from, from coming out there with tenacity. And you got to remember looking at Huggins you know, the history of how Huggins brings in Juco guys. They, they very rarely come in that first year and play. Yeah. It's always that he, he gets them and they're, they're, they're built for their senior year. Yeah. That's, that's what I he would does. agree with that. I think it'll just it'll be it'll be interesting. I think the thing that bummed me out the most, and this is a typical, and I mean I know it's so early, and it's it's they haven't had a lot of scrimmages, they didn't get any exhibition games or any of that kind and of Guido, stuff. And Guido, I have to keep reminding you and I that we were three and zero after this tournament. I know, I know, I know. I think that my my the the concern for me is the fact that you know we we. As a WVU basketball team, I feel like always play to the level of our competitors. And so we didn't get that chance where we were blowing a team out and then Kedrian Johnson got, you know, 10 minutes instead of two minutes, you know. And I think that that's the one thing that some of these guys – and you're not going to see them get any time against Gonzaga. If anything, you're, you're going to see that – hopefully you're going to see those double-digit times shorten up between in this Gonzaga game. And same thing is going to be true with Georgetown, you know. So there are very few of these – for lack of a better term, patsies that we get to play the next couple of weeks to help those guys get time because then you hit Big 12 games and I think that that it's going to thin out even more for them. Yeah, and I think too they always kind of, in this tournament, it felt like they let it get to a point where like, okay, well, let's get it back together and then let's pull it, you know, pull through. Well, and we usually, and like, and and, and that's the hard part about this year is like there's usually a November that's like chocked full of an MEC team and, you know, whatever, Boston University, like teams that are just horrible at basketball that these guys get some playing time. I mean, Johnson and I went to that BU game last year together and Gabe Osaboyan played like 25 minutes in that game. You know, so it was like (laughs) these guys aren't getting that kind of time that you would get in a normal season. I think I think, though, we're going to look back and we're going to say, man, we got three wins. That's three wins that we might not have gotten. Right. Uh, South Dakota State won their conference. They had the reigning player of the year. VCU is a good program. Uh, You know, they're not necessarily what they were with Shaka Smart, but they're still a very solid program. And then you've got. Western Kentucky, who, if you listen to Dan Dockich and that other guy, Holland, Rich Hollenberg, talk, they constantly talked about Charles Bassey being like a lottery pick in next year's yeah, lottery pick. next year's draft. Yeah. So they and and they're a pretty solid team. If you watch their other games against the other teams they play, I mean they they're a pretty solid team. So those are three decent wins. And then I look at around I'm looking around college basketball and Kentucky, who's ranked tenth got beat double digits by Richmond. Yeah. You know, so Virginia gets beat by Sam the Dons. Yeah, the San Dons. Francisco. So yeah, we're looking so. around saying, man, I why can't we beat these teams by more? Let's just be happy we're beating these teams and then move on. You're right. No, I totally agree. And I, I think we'll look back and we'll be very happy. I think we're just I think Guido and I are this is this is we are very <laughs> much in the fabric of the WVU fandom and this is what we do, Scoot. So you just well, have and to I, I do think that we're gonna look and this season is probably gonna have some starts and stops. And you know, you might be supposed to be playing two or three games this week and one of those teams is out or you you played somebody last Saturday and you find out that one of their players tested positive so now we may have to shut some things down or you know so I think any any games that we get in and any wins that we get are going to be all positive and then hopefully we don't get hit too badly by 
COVID. I'm sure there's going to be somebody exposed at some point that we're going to have to do something different. But, you know, like you look at St. Joseph's, if they're, they've paused all basketball stuff for right now. So hopefully we don't come across anything like that. We can get some games in and then get us to a tournament. Yeah, yeah really. That's yeah. how I want. Just get us to a tournament. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Cause I, I think that's you. an isolated bubble situation. If they do it like Stanford did or Sanford, Stanford, if they do it like Sanford did, you know, I don't have any doubts. And from what I've heard, they're going to try to do all 68 teams in one location, right? Does that sound right? In that's, Indianapolis? That's what the rumor that no, nothing's official yet, but that's been the rumor that and I think that's March great. Madness is going to be, you know, at whatever the wild water sports down in Disney or whatever it might end up being. So that is, that is the rumor right now. Well guys, ba- a lot of basketball talk coming up. So excited to be talking about it this season. I do want to pivot to one other thing that we have to talk about in basketball, which is WVU's women's team starts off two and with a win over Fresno state and Mike Carey's 700th win over LSU. Yeah, huge. I mean, talk about two coaches in the program that are that are racking up wins. I mean, that's that's super impressive. Yeah, that's great, great, great for him. Is there a university that has as solid a football? I know we get down on them, but in, at times, rightfully so. But a solid a football, men's and women's basketball programs. Wait, are you saying you get down on the football program? Am I, is that what I'm supposed to believe here? You scoot, get down. I sometimes do. I sometimes do. This year especially. Last year I was all in, man. I was a whole, I was I trusted the climb. I was the first one to the top. <laughs> but <laughs> this year this year I'm still at base camp. Well, I think we'd have to look that up, but I have to think we're up there. I mean, and yeah, you I mean, mean consistent wins year in, year wise. Out. Right. Yeah. You may not win necessarily championships. Right. But you are competing for possible championships either conference or, you know, you've got winning records. But, I mean, if you look – I mean, we always we talk about is this a football school or is this a basketball school. WVU kind of fits both, right? Both. You know, you've got a both. couple schools that are like that. I always think of Florida as kind of being yeah. both. Um, WVU is both. Kansas is not both. <laughs> Kentucky is not right. both. No, yeah, right. that's right. I think we're for the most part. I think we're spoiled, and we probably don't realize it. But uh, but yeah, I would say we're right up there. And then you throw in women's basketball. I don't know anything about Kentucky's women's basketball team or Florida's women's basketball team. They could be horrible for all I know. But you know that WVU is perennially ranked uh, in the top twenty-five. They've got. What sounds to me like a Hall of Fame coach in Mike Carey, who uh, I've seen uh, at a coach's clinic, and he's a great, great speaker, great guy, uh, really has the kids buying in. He used to coach Salem's men's team and then transitioned over to WVU's girls team, which is kind of tough to do. Um, But I think congratulations to him. I think it's a pretty impressive achievement. We've got over 1,500 wins between our two basketball yeah. coaches. Yeah, pretty remarkable. That's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. And and I will say the one thing, as much as we want to, you know, Dan Dockich was annoying over those three days. He had said in the two games that he did for WVU, uh, he'd said in both of those games that Huggins better be on, you know, the Hall of Fame ballot yeah. this year. And, uh, yeah, in and his right. defense. Yeah, he did bring yeah, that up. I feel like he's one of those guys that acts like he's really tight with coach Huggins and coach Huggins would like to just punch him in the face. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like, would you not agree with that? Yeah, that like, may be, that may be a true statement. 
it's all talk because Dockage can get behind the microphone. I feel like Coach Huggins is like that with a lot of people. I feel like there's a lot of people where Coach Huggins like plays nice but really wants to punch them. Like I get that. Like I feel like that's how he kind of is with Tony Caridi sometimes. It's like I feel like man, Tony's asking him questions. I'm like, oh, Huggins is gonna punch him right in the face. Do you think when Hugs rolled in to Sanford and he saw Dockage? Sorry, TC. He thought and there was an eye roll and he thought, oh, jeez, <laughs> I've got to put oh, up geez. with this guy for three days. This guy. I don't want to oh, even gosh. like. Oh, he's like, he, it, gives he's him a, this... he gives him a, hey, how's it going? And then he turns to like Ron Everhart and he's like, okay, get a load of this. He's guy. like, he's like uh, over at the, you know, uh, the uh, chicken cordon bleu over at the spread. He's like, oh, I really want that. Hey, uh, Eric Martin, can you go get me a couple of those? Because I don't <laughs> want like, I don't, I don't want, I want to talk about the next Dockage is over there. I don't want to go over by Dockage. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he runs a buffer? Does he he's run like, a screen? He's like, Look, guy? just give me a plate of the Rangoons. Uh, they're over by Dockage. <laughs> I'm not going up there. Is Jared Eilert uh, the 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 buffer guy? The might be the screener. It might be. Yeah, he might have to <laughs> run like interference. Hey, is Bob That's, over there? Oh, he. Said he has to go up to the hotel room. Ah, for you know, crazy right? thing. He just stepped away. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll let he him to know. Go, he wanted to go sit on one of those lawnmowers out in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, so. he's, he's out there doing the mower photo shoot. He'll be right back. All right, guys. Well, listen. Let's take a quick break. We're going to go to everybody's favorite segment uh, on our show because we get we hear about it all the time. It's the number one. It's the number one uh, game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's called Bluff the Fluffs, and we'll do it when we come back. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortec Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortecKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortec, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortec Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On, Guido, along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, find us on the social medias. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter, at Got Your Ears. You can also look for us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On. Like, subscribe, share it to all your friends. They need to be a part of the uh, the whole song and dance that we have here. It's, it's a good time. We're funny. Yeah, we think. Uh, we think. Um, I mean, Scoot thinks. I don't know about you guys. Scoot knows, Scoot knows he's funny. <laughs> I am funny. I don't know about you guys. The jury is still out. Well, guys, it's time for the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. Last week, Johnson pulled out a very eked win right there. He was down. I, I, And I will say, Scoot, last week was tough for you because you... You got more of the Brett Solheim questions right than Johnson did, but I, Johnson I know took it on, on Final Bluff. I have proven just, that I know him better. No, I, actually, that's what I was going to say. I mean, it, it worked out as, you know, fates would have it to show that I am truly uh, the better friend to Brent Solheim than you are. I, I think uh, I would argue that. I mean, score don't lie. Like, you're one of those guys that uh, Brent asks over to the party and you show up late. I'm there from the get-go because I'm a good friend. That's probably a very true statement. Eating all the macaroni and cheese. If he's offering, I'm having. Johnson now leads 14 games to 11 over you, Scoot. 
uh, you got you still got time to come back. There's still a chance. I'm just saying. There's a so we're getting into the late now. innings here. This we're getting into the late innings. I mean, it's it's close to the end here. I'm like we're the gonna... Dennis Eckersley of <laughs> game shows. Coming, oh, interesting choice. Right. I'm a closer. I'm like the Sandman, Mariano. Well, this week, guys, I thought you know because they're our number one rival in the Big 12, that we should do a little bit of trivia about the home state of the Iowa State Cyclones. We're going to do a little trivia about the state of Iowa this week. Oh, this is horrible, Guido. And <laughs> you may have to wake some people up. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Iowa is a very exciting state. I mean, there are plenty of things that you guys need to learn about uh, Iowa. Okay. I, f- I feel like it's, it's the, if you uh, say so. It is the man's head. On the map of the United States? It is what? It is what now? The man's head, the man's face. If you look at the states, north to south, yeah. Iowa looks like the man's face. I have no clue what I you're talking no about. And then you've got Minnesota about. is like his hat. And <laughs> then his upper body <laughs> is Missouri. Is this how you taught geography to Iowa's your kids? a big square. I mean. His pants are are uh, Arkansas, and then he's wearing some boots in Louisiana. Okay. All right. If What's Florida? Say so. Florida's nothing. Florida is just <laughs> off oh, in okay. front of him. Can't say what Florida is on a podcast. <laughs> well, just to remind people, a correct answer is worth five points, a steal is worth 10 points, and final bluff is worth 25 points. Before we started, we had a complete and total random flip of the coin, and Johnson, you get to go first this week. Johnson, yes. I dare you to answer corn. For all of your answers. For every answer. <laughs> every, every, every answer. It was in the back of my you mind. You might actually win. Uh, you yeah, might I mean, win. I feel there's a fighter's chance, right, with that answer. Uh, th- is this go back to where you should have just answered Geno Smith to all the questions yes. and you would have had a better chance? Yes, yeah. for every single quarterback answer, yes. Johnson, first question is to you. All right. The world's largest oh, concrete gnome is located in what Iowa City? <laughs> <laughs> is it? Cedar Rapids, Des Moines, Ames, or Waterloo? Oh, boy. See, here's here's the first problem I have, Scoot, with these questions. I just It just occurred to me that I don't know that I know four cities in Iowa, <laughs> so I can't tell if one of these is actually not even real. These are all, these are all real. Because you know how Guido will be like uh, Marstown or something. He'll just like throw something in. These are all real cities in well, Iowa. Well, I'm going to go with, I feel like this is something that you might find in Cedar Rapids. Oh, sorry, that's incorrect. It's not Cedar Rapids. Scoot, Des Moines, Ames, or Waterloo? Well, hey, largest gnome? Largest concrete gnome. I can't imagine. I don't think they would put that in the capital. So that's going to make me think either Waterloo or Ames. I'm going to go with Ames. That's a correct answer for 10 points. Ames is the home of the world's largest concrete gnome. Hopefully the guys get to go see it this week. How big is this concrete gnome? I have no idea. It's the world's largest. Oh, man. Do the Come on. Cyclones, do the Iowa State players, do they rub the gnome as they walk into the stadium? <laughs> Just like we, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're man, they, they, don't, they have like the gnome trip and they rub the gnome as they- Yeah, the gnome trip. Yeah, they go rub the yes. gnome's hat or something. <laughs> I like it. All right, congratulations, Scoot. You, ta- you come out to a big lead. 10 to nothing over Johnson to start. And this next question is back to you. With the zip code of 50278, which of these cities is an actual name in Iowa? Is it Green, Zering, 
Spelling or Garth? Ooh. Well, which uh, of course uh, you're refer- referring to 90210. Um, Jenny Garth is hot, so I'm going Garth. Sorry, Garth is not the name of an actual city in Iowa. Johnson, Green, Zeering, or Spelling? Huh. I'm going to go with Spelling. Oh, sorry, that's incorrect. The correct answer is Zeering. Oh, boy. Zeering. Oh, Iowa. My Zeering. least favorite 90210 character. Steve? You didn't like Steve? I didn't Steve. like Steve. All right, so nobody gets a point there. It's still 10 to nothing, Scooty. And on Johnson, this next question is back to you. What is the average number of tornadoes in Iowa each year? Is it 37, 55, 21, or 95? Average. Hmm. Average per year. Uh, well, 90 seems crazy. I hope. I mean, these poor people, if that's in the, if that's in the wheelhouse. I'm also going to say 55 is too high because that's like one a week, more than one a week. So... You had an option that was 30-ish? 37 go, or 21? I'm going to go with 37. That's correct. 37 tornadoes a year. That still seems average. crazy. Wouldn't scoot. it be ironic if they had none and their mascot was a cyclone? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, uh, psych. Uh, here's what I never got. Like, I feel like a tornado is a bad thing. Like, Why would you want to have a, a mascot team named after Well, that? I guess it's like, you know fear the kind of like Miami, you know, being a hurricane. I don't think anyone loves hurricanes. I guess that's true too. Tulsa. Aren't they the golden hurricanes? Yeah, they're the golden hurricane. Which makes right. zero sense to me. Well to yeah, me, but maybe it does if you live in the Southwest. I don't know. I don't even know. Maybe a gold actually I don't know. I'm not even gonna speculate. I have no idea. It's it's like somebody said, let's go weather. Let's go weather. What do you got with this weather? You got a color uh, with this weather? Or we we got to put a color with it because the weather doesn't make any sense. Well, hurricane. Johnny said hurricane. <laughs> I like hurricanes. We can go with the flag. Do we know, have the, them? Yeah, we kind of have them. We got that red, red how the, flag. How about the, the blue hurricanes? You want to go with the blue <laughs> hurricanes? Uh, I don't, we don't have a lot of water. Let's. Uh, we got dirt. Let's go golden. Golden hurricanes. Okay. That sounds great. Let's do it. I feel like we could name. Uh, we sh- they should hire us to name college teams. We'd be great at that. That'd be a great. Steve went brown team. hurricane. Steve can't go brown. It's like uh, it's like some kind of stomach ailment. You can't go brown hurricane. Did they put it in front of a focus group? Probably. Well, the uh, the results are back, and Golden Hurricane came out the winner. They came, they got together with the people that made the Hot Pockets theme song. And they came up with <laughs> yes. golden temperature in every bite. We're going to yes. go with golden hurricane. All right. So Johnson uh, gets five points there, uh, but Scoot still has the lead 10 to five. And Scooty, this next question is back to you. We all know Iowa State is the closest Big 12 school to Morgantown with 874 miles for WVU to travel. What Big 12 school is the next closest to Morgantown? Is it Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Kansas or TCU? Well, that's a good question, Guido. It is. Uh, that's why he asked it. You said uh, TCU, Kansas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. Correct. Ooh, I like um, I like my chances with uh, Lawrence, Kansas. So I'm going Kansas. That's correct. Kansas is the next closest, and then you go Kansas State, and then Oklahoma State after that. So, uh, why, why can't Kansas be our rival? 
Why does it got to be by miles? Uh, I I don't want any of them to be our rival. Like I well, want... but I'm with Guido though. If I have to pick one out of this conference, Iowa State is like the most milk toast of oh, the teams so to boring. begin with. I feel like the other Big Twelve teams got together and they were like, "We don't like Iowa State anyway. Just put them over there, in Listen, West Virginia. Let them be West rivals." Virginia. I say this and I'll say it again. No disrespect to Iowa State alums, but I don't want my daughters going there. Now, unless they've offered, like, I'm not going to get excited unless they're getting some sort of crazy scholarship. If my daughter said, hey, I really want to go to Iowa State, I'm going to say, why? What? Why? Well, they've got the largest concrete gnome in the world there. That's what that's I was like, getting ready to say. Dan, have you seen this concrete have gnome? Have you seen that gnome? <laughs> I'm just saying that's a big gnome, Scoot. I'm just saying that's, that's, a, that's a big gnome. gnome. That's all. all right, congratulations, Scoot. Got another five points right there and still has the lead 15-5 to five over Johnson. And this next question is back to you, Sir Johnson. Jay Burwagner was born in Iowa, and he is also known as the first athlete to win this famous award. Was it the Cy Young Award, the Heisman Trophy, the Naismith Award, or the Anna Stuckus Trophy? Ooh, Anna Stuckus, I want to pick you. Um, but you're Canadian, and as much as I don't really know about Iowa, I know they're not Canadian, so you're out. Um, I'm going to go with, oh boy. Uh, Remember when Burr Wagner was setting the world on fire? <laughs> I mean, he was really turning it up collegiately. I'm going to go with the Naismith Award. Sorry, that's incorrect. Scooty, back to you. Cy Young Award, the Heisman Award, or the Anna Stuckus Trophy? Ooh, well, I don't like... Do you need a refresher on what the Anna Stuckus is? uh, It's the uh, CFL Coach of the Year, in case you're wondering. Um... And he's the first recipient of one of these? First recipient of one of these awards. I'm going to go with the Anastuckus Award. Sorry, that's incorrect. I would have been no. so angry if that was correct. <laughs> Johnson was right. It is Iowa, and that's Canada. So, Well, he could still be uh, the coach. No, it was the Heisman Award. He won it in 1935 when he played for the University of Chicago. I had it down to that or Naismith. I, cho- I chose poorly. You chose poorly. Nobody gets points there. Sorry, guys. All right, Scoot, here we go. You got a lead 15 to 5. And this question is for you. Who was the only president of the United States to be born in Iowa? Was it Grover Cleveland, Herbert Hoover, William Howard Taft, or Harry Truman? It was Herbert Hoover. That's correct. Scooty gets five points right there. Did you know that, or was that just a guess? Well, I knew that. I, I know that Cleveland was born... Uh, I believe in Caldwell, New Jersey. Okay. If, if memory suits me. The only thing I know about Taft is something about a bathtub. He got stuck. Yeah, he got stuck in a tub. <laughs> I think he was a, a, an East Coast guy. And then who was my last option? Truman. Truman. I want to say he might be Missouri, but I don't know that. Don't I thought that was. That. He was another Midwest Yeah, Kansas guy. or something. Well, very good, Scoot. And Scoot, you're going into final bluff with a pretty commanding lead, 20 to 5. So it's winner take all again. Johnson, I have to get this right, buddy, to uh, to even have Iowa a chance. trivia is killing me. Before we do this, we always ask you guys, what is your buzzer sound this week? Corn. <laughs> all right. And Johnson, what do you got for buzzer? Burr wanger. <laughs> Burr wanger. Okay. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, okay. <laughs> here, here we go. All right. Final question. Don't forget to buzz in. The town of Sabula, Iowa, 
is famous for what? Being the largest corn grower in the United States, being located completely on an island, being located inside the city limits of Des Moines, or having a population of one person. Burwanger. Johnson. It seems odd that you would put it in the rundown of answers, so I'm going to go with it's completely located on an island. That's correct for 25 Boom. points oh, and the win. Johnson beats one back out two weeks in a row on final bluff. Uh, Johnson comes back for the win. Johnson wins 30 to 20. Yes, Sabula, Iowa is located on an island, completely on an island in the Mississippi River. Ugh. So there you go. <laughs> Scooty, you look ridiculous. So... Scoot, one more thing to like about Iowa. I know Iowa better than you. Yet I lose. This is two weeks in a row, Scooty, where you've actually answered more questions correctly than Johnson, but yet you turn I know. up on the... In no, the I know. I alcohol. do all the dirty work. <laughs> that's, that's rough. <laughs> that's rough. All right. Well, congratulations. Johnson now has a lead of 15 games to 11. And, Scooty, uh, if I, my math is correct, the best you can do right now is tie... Johnson. Them jeans the do be tight. You got to go on a run. You got to go on a run. You got to go on a December run to remember. You, the best you can do is tie Johnson. A couple weeks left, and uh, it's not looking too hot for you, buddy. The trophy is going to go to Mr. Johnson this year. Oh, that's ridiculous. He's <laughs> <laughs> speechless. It's rigged. It's all rigged. It's rigged. This is like the WWF of game shows on West Virginia sports podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> like, we already know the outcome. Maybe. Maybe not. Rigged. Yeah, because I'm smart. Oh, good grief. <laughs> You've been lucky the last two weeks. And John. lucky. Very, and very lucky the last two weeks. Well, listen, let's take a break. We're going to come back with a segment that we like to pluck from behind Scooty's Mandula Obligata and put into your ears. It's a little segment we like to call, I can't believe my ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio you'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, check out our website and our merch section. You can buy Got Your Ears On material. You can buy shirts and you can buy fanny packs. There's hats, there's stickers. Definitely go check it out, gotyourearson.com, Johnson. Yeah, you can get to the merch store by following the link right on the site. And like Guido said, you can jump in there and just start checking off your holiday list. I mean, come on, it's shopping season right now. Um, you can also see all of the show notes for the latest show in the blog post. We put all the show notes in there with links to the stuff we talk about, probably even some stuff we don't talk about. And you can also listen via the tune in link right on the site. So check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. Got your ears Well, most weeks we allow Scooty to go out on the Internet and look for something that interests him and probably frightens most of you, and that's what we do every week. And it's a little segment we like to call, 
I can't believe my ears. What do you got for us this week, Scooty? Well, uh, gentlemen, I have two things I want to talk to you about. Okay. Uh, the second kind of being kind of like a follow-up to a previous Can't Believe My Ears. All right. The first okay. one, though, I know we don't like to talk politics much on this podcast. But you're going to dive but in. we're going to do that today. Okay. 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 Um, in Taiwan, right. which I don't, are you familiar with Taiwanese politics? Negative. And, there's, and their government? Not, not at all. Okay, well, no. apparently they are controlled or the the ruling party is the democratic progressive party is the one in charge however uh there is a nationalist party called the kmt and this past friday they uh got into a heated debate over pig i guess i guess it would be pork product exports okay and imports. okay all right uh and the, de- the heated debate took a turn when they started throwing pig parts at each other, okay. like bags of pig organs were okay. being like on the Senate floor. Was this like, yes, this was like on the floor they were throwing. It was almost kind of like when you go to a hockey game in Detroit and they throw a <laughs> octopus <laughs> for a hat on trick. the ice. Yeah. yeah. They were throwing pig organs at each other here. Watch out for the giblets here. Here they come. Look out for the, I don't even know what other pig parts are. But they're throwing pig parts at each other. This and then is it, bad news, Guido. This is no good. Is then great. it turned into a fist fight on the floor of the park. Well, parliament. I mean, look, you hit me with some pickled pig's feet, and I might take a swing at you. Uh, I, mean, I get it. I totally great. get it. They're upset because, I guess, the ruling party was going to change a law that allowed imported pork from the United States. And that's a problem, I guess, because... We use some sort of preservative that is banned in Taiwan and okay. in several places in Europe. It probably makes it more awesome, but I mean, if you don't want awesome pork, Taiwan, <laughs> that's want, fine. If you don't want our awesome American pork. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> pig guts and punches were hurled during the Taiwan <laughs> Parliament Row. Pig guts and punches. That's um, hilarious. It. It looked pretty gross. There is a video you can watch on, uh, I believe it's uh, Twitter. I'd rather not. There's a Twitter video. Uh, at some sure point during, the, I watched it. At some point during all of this, there's a guy with a microphone. I'm going to assume he is some sort of parliament member. And he is just yelling nonstop Taiwanese stuff. Is he like the and one he the kind of was like guy a mixtape guy. Hot sauce. Look out. Look out. Here comes some hot sauce. Like he was getting like crazy with it. But he's yelling, of course, in Taiwanese, which makes so zero sense. So we don't really know what he's no, saying. I don't know what he's saying. But uh, it was like, and also there's a, a an abundance of what sounds like referee whistles going on. <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. Were there people dressed as referees? I did not see any referees in the crowd. Is that like or I traffic that's cops? A, I wonder if that's a. <laughs> I wonder if that's a normal thing. Like during I don't know political discussions in this chamber to have like you know whistles and stuff like that. Like if you were at a beatnik poetry thing, they start snapping because they like yeah. what you're doing. All right. If, if they like what you're doing, they start blowing a whistle <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's like pandemonium on the Taiwanese parliament floor, and uh, it it got a little crazy up in there. So I wanted to share that with you. Uh, those of you that are um, keeping track of the. Uh, the pig product export and imports in Taiwan, it's no, getting a little, it's getting critical. Cute. I appreciate those, those pig commodities, man. Yeah. People are on top of them. Yeah. Now, uh, I did tell you, I had teased you with, I wanted to follow up on something. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, recently we talked about a guy who had a snowmobile on the roof of his car. Yes, we did. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, I think. Was it Wisconsin? It was Wisconsin. Well, apparently, there's, there must he must have been in trends. Okay. Because uh, a Florida man, which this didn't surprise you because we always- Florida we used man. To, back in our Florida old show, man. we used to talk about Florida men all the time. Yes. A yes. Florida man was arrested for strapping a downed light pole to the roof of his car. <laughs> all right. Again. Okay. A, I mean- if you've got a what looks to be a late '90s, early 2000s Toyota Camry, <laughs> strapping a gigantic <laughs> light pole to the roof of your car uh, is not allowed. So I'm picturing north to south, like you know, hood to trunk on it a is car hood on this to Camry. Trunk. It appears that the base and it was looks toward like the he's, front, like he's ready to joust or if something, you will. right? Yes, almost yes, like a lance. A, a lance? Is it a lance? It is a lance. Uh, I think it is a yeah. lance. Uh, what's more impressive, maybe, is that the man was 71. Okay. So okay. you would like to think common sense should be in play at 71, yes. right? right? I mean, I guess it, uh, this sounds critical, but I guess if you're not very intelligent and you're young, somehow age fixes that. <laughs> right like it's nobody ever says well that, plays a role that's 75 right. year old he is just really dumb nobody ever <laughs> right. says that because right. it's an elder so everyone says oh that's 75 yeah. year old and if he was that dumb he usually doesn't make it to 75 right yeah right. Yes. so at, in his defense yeah he would not be there so at 71 this man is putting a a light pole he said he found the pole on the ground by the side of the highway and wanted to set, uh, sell the metal for scrap apparently Hey, now, times are hard, man. For those yeah, of right. you that are thinking about doing this, it does carry a grand theft charge. So uh, <laughs> oh, apparently geez. light poles are expensive. Holy Is what moly. I got from this. This is bad news for that dude. That's bad news for that guy. I mean, he was just trying to yeah. get like another a couple a couple hundred and uh, some scrap metal. He's trying metal. to just be entrepreneurial. Now he's going to the big house, it sounds like. Like, here's the thing. You're driving down the highway. You notice this light pole off to the yeah. side of the road. Right. Your first thought is, hey, looks like nobody wants that. Maybe I could sell <laughs> I, it. I guess. Maybe I could right. sell the metal for scrap metal. Right? Okay. So does your next thought say, well, I've got some rope in the trunk. Let's see if I can put it on top of the Camry. Or is it, should I maybe get a trailer? Maybe go get a truck. Something that would look more appropriate in hauling such an item. Well, I mean, Scoot, time is of the essence. I mean, I don't know how the metal uh, market works, you know? Maybe he felt like he had to be quick to market with that stuff. I mean, it's a gigantic light bulb, and it's metal. Like, how this man lift? Like, I feel like you need an accomplice, I was right? just getting ready to say that. Yeah, how do you even get it up there on yeah, the right. roof? There had to be somebody. And based on this photo, it <laughs> appears as such that he did not... Include any kind of, uh, you know, when you move your house, they they will put the, uh, I guess they're like a mover's blanket yeah, over the furniture. Right. Sure. He has right. no mover's blanket on the roof of his truck or his car. Hastily, hastily yes. placed on the, on the yes, roof. Yes, with uh, what looks to be some rope and maybe some ratchet straps. And he, did he think that like nobody would re like be like, oh, that's weird. He's got a street light. Uh, <laughs> ratcheted to his roof. No, no I'm, maybe he thought, you know, like sometimes when you go to the. I don't know, your local uh, hardware store and you get a couple of two by fours, you stick like a, a red flag at the end. 
Maybe <laughs> maybe he thought that would get him by. Maybe he just went. Maybe he just went to Home Depot and picked up a new light pole he was putting in his house. Yeah, that's that's what he's. I mean, yeah. what could your argument be? I guess like, I don't I know. Didn't, I didn't get this off the road. Yeah, I just bought this. All right, guys. Well, listen, that's another great show. Appreciate you guys. Don't forget, you got a lot of WVU sports this week. We got uh, allegedly. I'll say. I feel like every week I got to say allegedly yes. we have some games this week. Uh, WVU will be playing in Ames, Iowa against Iowa State a number 12-ranked Iowa State uh, this Saturday. Game time TBD still at the time of recording. Basketball, we're playing in the Jimmy V Classic on Wednesday at 7 p.m. That game's on ESPN, and it's right now scheduled to be against Gonzaga. And then we play again on Saturday. Excuse me. We play again on Sunday against Georgetown at 4 o'clock. That's on Fox Sports 1. So some great games coming up. Totally excited about what's happening. Got some I'm, – I'm back. I'm glad – you know, usually we get this in November. I'm glad we get it now, which is we've got basketball and football all happening at the same time. So it's it's, it's great to have that going Best on. of both worlds. Best of both worlds. So, guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget, find us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. Look for us online on Facebook and go to our website, gotyourearson.com. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Your Ears On.